Bandwidth for erotic awakening is provided by the floating world. The Northeast's finest... Hey, shut up! I'm recording over here! The Northeast's finest event in the nation. You can browse our flattish markets, check out some new toys and some shiny gear and stuff like that. The largest indoor play space and experienced players of all experience levels. Hey, come check it out. People in the past, they've had like Laura Antonu and Vi Johnson, Barbara Corellis and Susan Wright, Catherine Gross, many other famous jacks. So come on out to the floating world. Danny Donald be there. That's got to be worth something, right? Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dong. Hi, Dan. Nice apartment you have here. Nice apartment I have here. It's been a while since we've been sitting in front of the <laughs> microphones and recording, it feels like. That is absolutely true. I was looking at the room last night, the, the Columbus Insight Center, and looking at a few things that needed to be done, and people are like, well, why isn't it done? And it's like, because I haven't been home. You have not been home. <laughs> I cannot do so from Canada. <laughs> or Wisconsin or the other places we've been lately. Exactly. But we are back home for a while now. No trips planned. Not until March, which will be South Plains. <laughs> a couple of weeks from now. A couple of weeks from now, I know. But So uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, uh, we have really interesting, uh, we picked up a bunch of interesting uh, interviews at Lupercalia. We did. We actually have a few more in the can. From... Those Canadians are interesting people. <laughs> they are interesting people. <laughs> we, uh, today, we're going to be presenting part one of a interview with... Uh, Nikita and Mm -hmm. Nikita and Ursula. Uh, Part two will take place in about a year, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's just so cool. (laughs) And um, Indira, Indira. Oh yeah, there's lots more to talk about. (laughs) I'm mostly Canadian. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, but so do you recall? There is only one person who, like, I would have cast as a Canadian in a TV show because they had the the whole. I'm going to make an out complete sentence. A, and they always just kind of like you think they're not talking, and they think A on the end. It's really neat. I well, it's kind of neat to me because sometimes when I go to Canada, I'm waiting for the accent. You know, I'm waiting for the accent, and then it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, and I don't even know they're from Canada until they say A. Right. <laughs> and then there's a few that it's like. I'm listening a little closer because I can't make out the words because the accent's so heavy. So I guess it would be like talking with a Eastern um, Eastern American. You know, like an East Coast American versus a Texan. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know anything about an East Coast uh, accent. I will say, though. You don't. Thank you to uh, uh, The Floating World for paying for the bandwidth for today's episode. And for our favorite editor... I will say, uh, who is the only person who's ever said, hey, I like the voices that happen on the front bump. Uh, If you listen to the entire podcast, at the very, very end, you'll hear take one through 19 trying to peg the front bump. Oh, did you keep it all? Yeah, I kept it. I just stuck it on Fabulous. It's good. So I do uh, want to say that we had a wonderful time at Lupercalia, and I'm just going to go through... Uh, we'll go through a quick list of some of the people that we met. We won't get everyone. Um, oh, no, we won't get anyone. I even scrolled through some of the names that have written us, you know, on FET and things like that to thank us. I went through that list again, too, just to add some more. Yeah, and, and just, just real quickly, uh, we want a quick shout-outs to, of course, Nikki and uh, Ursula, who we'll be talking to in a little bit in the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Katie, wow, we'll be seeing them again in May for PXS. We'll, we'll hold on to that for a moment. Uh, Daddy Scott and Benjamin, who, by the way, uh, one of those situations where we were talking to them, and uh, and Benjamin said something really 
interesting. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, hey, that's really interesting. Shut up. <laughs> I'll get a microphone. <laughs> and we'll be hearing from them in a future podcast. Mm-hmm. About stuff that we're not even aware of. Yeah, so, yeah they totally uh, uh, clued us in on some stuff there. I loved uh, talking with Michaela because Michaela showed up in two different forms. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the event, uh, kind of cross-dressing thing going on. And then at dinner, not cross-dressing. And, and he had to look at me and look at me. And I finally figured out <laughs> who it was. Slave Boy D. What an interesting person. Mm-hmm. So another presenter that was at Lupercalia and just... Absolutely. I I had a great time talking to Slave Boy D and how they figured out that they were a slave and a boy and, you know, just fabulous. That would have been somebody to put a microphone in front of. Mm -hmm. I think Uh, so. And just to get through these real quick so we move on, Rhea, who I had a a very nice scene with. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, Phoenix Flames, who I had another very nice scene with. And no, her uh, uh, her partner, partner Zarian. Zarian. And did you notice I got to put a name there? Oh, you did. <laughs> you played with somebody. I did. And I'm afraid I'm going to not pronounce these right, but it's Crow, mm-hmm. I think, and Parmachki. Sure. So sounds right. But anyway, um, Crow, we met um, him at the event at Lupercalia last year. And he did a Russian dance for you. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So to the music. I don't know if it's for me. Well, he, he did, just did showed you that dance. he could yes. do it. And this time around, he was kind, I think he was kind of flirting at brunch. And I took him up on it. I'm like, is that an offer? I don't flirt very well. <laughs> I'm still learning. I like these events. And we did um, electrical play. Mm-hmm. And he had a Freddy Krueger glove. Yes. And you said you were very... Uh, <laughs> almost a bit much that glove. Almost a bit much. We had to turn it down a couple of times. So, But yay. So between him and his partner, that was just wicked. And uh, of course, we also got to see our good friends, the Knight of Mist and his girls, Kira and Alondra and Jaquel and... On and on and on, all these mm-hmm. other people, wonderful people, Lupercalia, including uh, Barry, who uh, and Michael and Dante and blah 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 blah. So all of them, yeah, we'd love to be invited back again, and we're getting a lot of notes that people want us back again, but they've already invited us back twice. Well, they, yeah, so they we'll probably take a skip. Out and, yeah, we'll probably so. take a skip this next one, and hopefully go back next year. And I tell you, just it's not just being invited out to the present; it's just they're incredibly generous oh my god uh people um very gracious Mm -hmm. i mean i think last year we must have made some comment about maple syrup so this year (laughs) we had a gift bag of maple syrup related things Mm -hmm. uh, including moose droppings which are much tastier than you would think they'd be yeah indeed so and then for one of the vendors i mentioned that i was gluten-free so her partner was going to knick knick which is like a gluten-free bakery sort of thing, and was going to bring me back a gluten-free donut, and it ended up being two bags full of (laughs) gluten-free. I had to take extra carry-on to the plane because of the gluten-free bread, Mm -hmm. but I've been eating it. It's yum. Just all kinds of stuff like that Mm -hmm. with that generosity. Uh, So um, a shout-out to all of our friends and everyone we got to teach and learn from at the Lupercalia. Oh, 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 but, 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 do you remember how we were greeted? Oh, of course. <laughs> so, um, in, uh, so just, uh, the, not a long story, but episode 200, we said, what do we do for the theme? We're not rock stars. Right. And by the way, Dragon's Little Red Pixie wrote me recently and said, yes, you are. <laughs> Side note. So, uh, Wisconsin, we cut, uh, we, all the presenters were referred to as rock stars the mm-hmm. whole time. And we thought that was kind of funny. We posted such. So we show up at the airport for Lupercalia. <laughs> we come through customs. And Nikita and Ursula are there to, to pick us up to take us to the event. And Ursula's put her hair in pigtails. And they're just jumping up and down. And they have these signs, welcome Dan and Dawn. And they're just they're screaming and jumping up and down. And ooh. You know, stuff like that. And we come out and, and, and we're hugging them. And then Ursula hands me a marker. She goes, will you sign my boobs? And she pulls her shirt down a little mm-hmm. bit so that I've got cleavage. And I get to sign one boob and you get to sign the right. other. Right. And it's like, everybody's looking around like, who's this Dan and Dawn? Right, right. Who are <laughs> these people? It was so, so That was hilarious. That it was, was hilarious. It was hilarious. So, um, 
Oh and my of course, gosh. we have now I have a picture of Ursula's boobs with our signatures on it. Yes! Yay! <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. Um, I am going to, so we're going to do something a little weird here. You, I would like you to read the Manor Gear front bump, or the Manor Gear uh, mid-bump, mid Okay. while I, at the same time, review the list of names of balls for Chip. From, our from Chip. <laughs> our previous episode, apparently you didn't have enough names for balls or something, so Chip is going to help you out. Okay. Erotic Balls, Awakening nuts, is sponsored plums, in part lots, by Manor bullets, Gear. Nads, Manor guns, Gear is owned sack, by a lifestyle couple nuggets, with over 20 jacks, years' stones, experience and sells handcrafted leather goods. Tenders, they specialize in custom-made items and the repair and restoration of your sack, leather goods. Slave-tested and master-approved. Find out more at www.manorgear.com. love spuds, hanging brain, ornament, two veg, cajones, family jewels, gonads, junk. Ned's Nuts Package, which refers to the penis and testicles together. <laughs> Do you know how hard that is to talk at the same time? I, I just wonder how um, Manor Gear feels about their new theme music. Nads, <laughs> um, go Nads. So, so thank you, Chip, for sending that over, I guess. That was Glad fun. you put that much thought to that, to... Um, how many ways you... I, I guess you're a big balls fan. Um, Do you know what else we got, though? Did we get something? Uh-huh. We got a... Um, I want to say we got a couple of links to different tentacle pictures. Oh, we got one to a really artsy um, tentacle pictures. It's like a rebirth picture with tentacles in the background. That was kind of cool. But um, Slave Kathy from Florida mm-hmm. <laughs> sent me a tentacle picture that was absolutely amazing. So it literally, it's a pussy shot. Mm-hmm. And then on the clit is one of those tentacle mustaches. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the link on the show notes. It is absolutely amazing. So I love it. It is beautiful and hot and odd. and <laughs> It is absolutely hot. And yes. Odd, or it is absolutely odd. I'm not sure about the hot part. I think it's a hot. If, it's a pretty I, pussy. But it's... if I pulled down your pants and your, your clit was wearing a mustache, <laughs> I could probably... I wouldn't get the sex, but I'd get a good laugh. Maybe if it was one of those Groucho Marx fake glasses and nose mustaches. Oh, my God. That'd be cool. Uh, Speaking of which, Ember's son, uh, who said hello via FetLife, again, loves the um, dance giggle. Oh, no. (laughs) Apparently, tentacle clip pictures are all we need to get a giggle out of you around here. Uh, I will say that the... um, Oh, I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know. The tentacle click, clit, <laughs> click, clit. the tentacle clit podcast. Did you know that that tentacle clit mustache has its own podcast? No. And it's, it in gets, co- it's in cohorts with George, isn't it? It could be. And they are getting more rating on iTunes than we are. You can help out the podcast by rating us on iTunes, tweet about us, lick us on Facebook, and of course, tell your friends. Side note, if you don't know how to rate us on iTunes... You can head over to our Erotic Awakening FetLife group. There are instructions. <laughs> so, update on the Kickstarter cards. Woohoo! <laughs> that was cute. That makes me wish we had a video podcast when you do. Oh, so I got all. The, I think I mentioned last time that I've got all the international orders out, and God, we sold every deck that we took to Lupercalia. Mm-hmm. I just, um, last night more, I, I, we're just going to have to place another order. And they're available on the website. Yay! Yay! <laughs> there goes that thing me. again. Oh, boy. Oh, and it was funny when we interviewed um, Nikita and Ursula, because they kept doing air quotes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, this is a podcast. No one's going to see the air quotes. You know what's, what's really <laughs> funny is, on um, Saturday night, you and I were uh, dinner guests of about 10 attendees of Luper Kali, mm-hmm. and they took us all out to dinner, and we got to sit around and chitter-chat. But um, towards the end of dinner, I began, I pulled out my Kickstarter cards, and I negotiated a scene with uh, Zarian and Phoenix Flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was neat because Phoenix Flames is the person I was playing with, but she's owned by Zarian. Right. So first, me and Zarian played with the cards, and we parsed out the stuff that we didn't want to do. Or that he didn't want me mm-hmm. to do. 
And then we moved over to Phoenix Flames and, and played with the cards from there, parsed a few others out, and built a really neat scene. Oh, neat. I hadn't thought about that, was to let their, if you're playing with someone that's owned, right? let their owner pick out the cards they're not comfortable with. Maybe right. they're not comfortable with face-fucking or triple penetration. Yeah, they're not. I, I did leave the face-fucking one in, and they, they did parse that one out. So then you again, know, they may not be into spanking, but into the triple penetration. Might be. You know what's really funny about the, the cards, though, is it allows me to be a lot more... Um, I don't want to say courageous, but a little bit more edgy because I can leave in, you know, I don't know if I would, during negotiation, I would say, well, how do you feel about being fucked in the face? Mm -hmm. But leaving the card in Mm -hmm. is just so easy, right? And they can look at it and just toss it out if they're not in it. Right. But if they leave it it in, (laughs) you can go get face fucked. Ooh. <laughs> I was just talking about face fucking at Monkey Puzzle Club last night. <laughs> I don't know where that segue was going to go because there's nothing that really leads into that. I'm going to uh, instead flip to um, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Coming up, the April Fool's Party on the 23rd of March 2013. 20, dollar, 20 bucks at the door will get you in, but bring your photo ID. Lasts from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Princeton Club. That's in Columbus, Ohio. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, cool. Do you know what else is a lot of fun? What? We have a lot of new subscribers. Do we? We do. So, we have this mailing list that I send out to people with some of the stuff that we have up and coming. So, and it'll cover things like more news on PXS, the Kickstarter cards, where we're presenting at, just all kinds of neat stuff. So, as new- well as free shit. Uh, absolutely. I was looking through our, um, uh, we have a drawer here at the house with stuff mm-hmm. that we give away on occasion, and I see we had some T-shirts in there. We do. So next time you send out the newsletter, you should say, "Hey, Ooh. get a T-shirt." Good idea. So I will write that down because with my brain, I will forget. So cool. So some of the new subscribers we have: Ember Sun from South Carolina, D from Houston, Ugo from Wisconsin, Staples from Texas, Jules. I think it's Jules. Hmm, I always want to put a pronunciation on there. Anyway, Jules from Florida. James from Ohio. JJ from New Hampshire. Ken from Ohio. Laura from California. And Sweet Chick from Edmonton. Ooh, somebody else we met. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and we got a Fet Life Hello from Ember Sun. And a Facebook lick from Vanessa Cruz. Ooh. Hey, funny that Staples is listed here from Texas. I thought Staples was from the Illinois because we were going to see the Staples in... I only went by what the registration for there this thing he said. Uh, you will also find out next week that we have a new front bump sponsor, The Kink Button, which is a blog and soon-to-be podcast. You'll find out more about them next week. Uh, but I wanted to mention it because I felt like it. Ooh. Do you know what else I want to mention? <laughs> that silence got really loud. <laughs> what? Power Exchange Summit. I've so, got new classes chosen. Yes. Earlier, uh, we had mentioned we saw Kevin and Katie who are going to be pre- presenting at the Power Exchange Summit. And uh, after seeing their, after sitting in on their roundtable, mm-hmm. uh, I think you've said, you've expressed, ooh, they're going to do that at Park Street. Absolutely. So they were already, we already knew they were coming in to do workshops. Mm-hmm. And we talked over the weekend as to what workshops they were going to do. And you guys are going to love these workshops. We'll have them listed soon. But they also ran a MS roundtable. And, or facilitated an MS roundtable, and I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I w- uh, yeah, I talked to them. They, they really want to do that at Power Good. Exchange Summit. A so. lot of people don't realize that facilitating a roundtable is mm-hmm. not as uh, easy as it might sound. You just <laughs> open it and away it goes. No, yeah, it takes, no, some, no, it no. takes some skill. I mean, usually, nice yeah, usually, and I'm not saying that the roundtables I participated in are are bad or anything but usually when someone facilitates a round table and I have to look at how I do it now too because they did have some skill you know usually your facilitators either open it completely up so that it's just random talking that doesn't stay on topic or we talk too much 
You know, I've had facilitators where they talk and talk and talk, (laughs) and that's probably (laughs) where we fall at. So, but Kevin and Katie just did a really good job of sharing a little bit of their experience and letting everybody else have time to chat as well. So, Mm. you know, and they didn't get nervous when other presenters spoke up with their experiences, which can happen sometimes. Absolutely. So, but uh, fun, fun. Absolutely. So uh, let's go on to the question of the day, which I've got listed here and is wrong. You, yeah, so I thought of something this morning because we, we've got a couple of people um, asking us certain questions, but we've covered those answers many times. So I came up with something else that seems to be on people's minds, and that is community service. So um, there was a discussion a couple of nights ago <clears throat> about how we can give community service. And one of the groups is not particularly leather-based, but comes from the leather um, uh, community. And, yeah, I don't really want to name names or anything like that. So not not for any particular reason, except I don't have their permission. But um, the conversation was community service. Mm -hmm. And everybody was, like, really excited at the group meeting to be doing community service. And and they really wanted to get into it. They wanted that to make their group different. They didn't want to just be a munch or a social group. And they really wanted to gel and and come together as, as, like, a family. And the problem was is that some people were wanting to do community service for their own, and some people were wanting to do community service in the realm of the vanilla world. So people were coming up with, um, like, cat welfare agency or the food pantry or Habitat for Humanity, you know, all that type of stuff. All, all of valid community Absolutely. Or, uh, needed mm-hmm. stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, Some people wanted to use the group name when they did it. Some people didn't want to be outed like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so there was a lot of discussion around that, too. And then some people were like, no, 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 we need to take care of our own community. That there's a lot of people, anyone can take care of the other things, like the food pantry and stuff. But there's really nobody to take care of within. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about that. So someone brought up, you know, we really don't need to do the Humane Society, you know, walking dogs and stuff like that, because everybody else can do that. And um, what what I came up with, what popped into my head was, well, we can still walk dogs, but why not walk dogs for people in our community? Right. You know, Bat, Bat just broke her ankle. Bat has dogs. So it was kind of funny because during the meeting, I'm like, oh. I haven't asked Bat if she needs her dogs walked. Here's somebody that's really close to me, and you never know what to do for people. I know that she's got family help, so I haven't even thought about Well, I have thought about it, but I don't know what to do about it. So mm-hmm. I ended up texting her, Bat, do you need your dogs walked? You know, and then she wrote me back and said, "Don't tell them that they're allowed to go out for walks. They think they just have the backyard." (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Okay, so the dogs are covered." But what we started talking about was that there are people in the community that um, could use their walks shoveled. You know, that could use their yards raked, that, you know, they get sick and could use a meal, or they lose family members and stuff like that. And it would just be neat. And then for, I know I'm just rambling here, but for um, if we decide to do the Humane Society or something, the question is, is that still taking care of your own? And I, I just wanted to tell the people, yeah, it's still taking care of your own. Do you know why? Why? Because as a person, you feel better. Oh, and if you sense. can make your, you know, if you can help your fellow uh, group members feel better... That's taking care of your own. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I really like the idea that, you know, sometimes we focus on, and, and I appreciate the reason, uh, for those that are aware, there's a group called the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Mm-hmm. They recently had their offices caught fire and burned down, and they're doing some emergency fundraising. And, and I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. When we uh, interact at the um, uh, Adventures in Sexuality events, we help with a little auctioning to raise funds for some groups. Uh, but a lot of times, I like the idea that community service is about the people in the community, not about the organizations. Right. So if you know somebody's been ill and missing some time from work, you know, maybe drop off a little bit of groceries. Somebody right. breaks their ankle, walk their dog. 
Um, I like that attitude of, you know, making the community service being about the individuals versus, you know, just instead of thinking always thinking about the, the different groups that are out there. Right, right. Well, and a lot of the different groups, some of them get their funding through different things. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head where they get funding at, and I can't pull up the, the names. But, um, you know, one of the things that shifted my thinking with that was is that I've got some baby stuff around the apartment left over from the granddaughter when she was a baby baby. Mm-hmm. I, I have that on my list to go give to Goodwill. Well, we just got, we've got two couples that have just had babies in the community. So instead, I'm going to put it out there that I've got free baby stuff and see if they need it. So just a little switch of thinking. Yeah. So take care of our own. You know, um, we had a, we have a friend, um, Samantha, who works with the kink shop. Mm Mm-hmm. And was going through, um... Wanted to get some, um, do a little fundraising for a particular procedure right. that uh, she was looking at. And, you know, again. Something insurance won't cover. Yeah. You know, being able to just drop a, a, a couple bucks in her thing. In her thing. In uh, her raffle thing, raffle yes. Thing versus, <laughs> um, you know, having to always. Because a lot of us can't rely on these big, you know, the United Way or that's what I was trying to think of, right? Um, So it's neat when we can look for towards our own. I guess I'm I'm just absolutely. We don't really have a question here so much as a a little topic, I guess. So yeah, so I didn't come up with a question about it because I already had an answer in my head. (laughs) But you know, I just I just want to point out that like um, supporting the room. You know, if you have a couple of bucks, that goes a long way in supporting your community because that's where a lot of um, community groups meet. You know, a couple of bucks here, a can of food there. Um, if you know someone's got a dog but are hard on their luck, a bag of dog food goes a long way. Oh, that shit's expensive. I know. Yeah, I can always, that's big help to some people. So, so the question of the day, how can you help your community members? Yes, and Ooh. you'll just have to answer that, that yourself. Yep. The other question of the day would be, how can you help the Erotic Awakening podcast? Ooh. You can do that by uh, sending us comments on the Got Comment form from the webpage. Or writing us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. We have a Facebook page. It's Erotic Awakening, one word. Ooh, a FetLife group, Erotic Awakening, two words. And there's a variety of other ways to <laughs> contact us as well as where we'll be presenting Links to the newsletter, blah, 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 eroticawakening.com. Wow. I just looked at our calendar again. It's all cleared <laughs> up now, right? No. Everybody's like, so it's slowing down now, right? It's like, okay, this is like mid-February of 2013, and people are asking us already if we're slowing down for the year. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only positive, my, my boss is thrilled that for the second six months of this year, mm-hmm. apparently I'll be stuck at work because I'm burning <laughs> all my PTO at the beginning. Well, we're actually, um, well, I hate to say it because we love to do new events, but we've actually had to turn down a couple of things just because they're so close to Power Exchange Summit. So yep, we need we focus, have, focus, 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 focus. Uh, so let's, uh, one last thing before we get into our uh, interview with uh, Nikita and Ursula. Um, how was the score fudge? <gasps> I liked it. I loved the score fudge and the peanut butter fudge. <sighs> I actually had a slice of the apple pie fudge last night. Did you? Yes. No- notice how little pe- how little the oh I don't even want to admit to this. <laughs> how little of the what? How little the piece of peanut butter fudge was. I put it in your lunch. Oh, yeah. With the idea in my head, it's because it's lower calories if it's smaller. You know, I just wanted it to last longer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so how was the apple pie fudge? I thought the apple pie fudge was fantastic. I was really surprised. I didn't think I would like it. I was <laughs> wondering, I'll have to try it today. I don't know if I'll like the apple pie, but uh, there's also the lemon oh, meringue oh, cheesecake fudge. Yes. I want to try that. This... Why do we have so much fudge, sir? Uh, these are from uh, Phil's Fudge. Um, we are hoping to make them the official fudge sponsor of the EA podcast. That would be uh, nice. I wrote Phil the other day. I said, hey, man, either one, 
sign me up for your fudge of the month club mm -hmm. and I'll send you money. You send me new fudges every month. Right. Or I said, hey, you could be the official fudge <laughs> sponsor of the podcast. Nice. That uh, would we'll be We'll see neat. if he buys that. And one. you know, he always supports Lupercalia. Um, the, the silent auction. I was actually looking forward to the Lupercalia's silent auction this year because I know he's always got boxes of fudge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I was bidding on boxes of fudge and glass dildos. Go figure. Yes. <laughs> Which really is a, a great uh, <laughs> statement about yourself. I just want to look it up. If you Google Phil's Fudge, you will find Phil's Fudge mm. Factory at philsfudge.com. Nice. And, uh, if you like fudge, it's the place to go. It's awesome. So um, we have this two-part interview coming up. And this we do. Part one and part two will be separated by a year. By a year. They're looking forward to that one as well. Oh, I am too, because we've never done anything like this mm -hmm. before. So we met uh, Ursula, Nikita, and side note, we totally made out with them. Last a year, year ago. Yeah. And heard a little bit about what they were about and their journey and all this kind of stuff. And then... This year, we hung out with them some more. As we mentioned earlier, they picked us up at the airport. We got to spend a little bit more time with them. Mm -hmm. uh, make a good cup of tea, by the way. Yes. And Ursula has an interesting thing where one day her husband says, you know, I'm actually a woman trapped mm -hmm. in a man's body. And she says, oh, okay, cool. Actually, it didn't go like that. <laughs> they'll talk about that a little more. But they'll talk about that. They'll talk about uh, Nikita's upcoming uh, surgery. And by upcoming, I think, what is today? It's like three, three days, days away. Three days we're recording this. Yeah. Um, and what that's going to be like, the journey to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they thought this wasn't going to happen. Um, all these surgeries have been put on hold. So they thought once it was uh, restarted again, they thought it was going to be a while. And then, mm -hmm. boom, here's your date. Right, right. Wow. So really interesting uh, conversation. And instead of chitter-chatting a lot about it, we'll let it mm -hmm. stand on its own. But, and then, of course, a year from now, we have another date with them to say, okay, it's been a year. How did everything go? Right. So uh, here is the rock stars, Nikita <laughs> and Ursula. So, Dawn, here we are still at Lupercalia. Yay! Having a fantastic time. Uh, and this is going to be a very interesting interview. We're going to do a two-part interview, but the difference being we're going to separate interview one and interview two by about a year, is my expectation. Right. So, the, and the reason for that is currently we are, we are sitting here with our dear friends, Nikki and Ursula. And, Nikki, you've got a small little thing coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's a very small thing, just a, a little bit of... Um, Surgery in about eight and a half days, where I'll be doing what is commonly called uh, GRS, gender reassignment surgery. Mm -hmm. um, at which point, a part of my body that shouldn't be there, um, as far as I'm concerned, will be uh, taken care of, and, and uh, I'll uh, have additional surgery and, and finally be, hopefully, um, in the body that uh, I should have been born with. Nice. How long have you been looking forward to this? Interesting question. Um, <laughs> realistically, from the age of about six or seven, okay. as far as actually thinking about the surgery, um, really only about five, five, five and a half years that we've been actively doing the road of transition, mm -hmm. um, jumping through all the hoops that the government here expects you to do, and doing all the interviews, and going to all the doctor's appointments, and Taking all the medication. Taking the medication and doing the real-life test. Nobody saw the air quotes. The real-life test <laughs> is, is one of those horrible things that's... Um, it, it's kind of something that the medical establishment shoves upon those who wish to pursue this path to prove that they can live in their chosen gender. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've always been my chosen gender. I've always been a woman. Right. I just don't happen to have the body parts for it. Right. Um, so the fact that I may have been taken to be a man or dressed in drag for 40 years um, doesn't change the fact that I've always been a woman. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be 
a misconception in the medical community. Okay. Well, I want to back the story up a little bit. So, Ursula, when you first met Nikki, yes, uh, did you did you guys meet as a oh hi I'm Nikki and I'm planning on having gender reassignment surgery at some point in my life? I just want you to be aware of that. No, we did not. We met as what I thought was a man-woman couple. I thought when we were getting married that I was marrying um, a man mm -hmm. because all I was really seeing was what was on the outside. Now I knew that what I was getting on the inside was different than most men I had ever met. But because I had a extreme short-sightedness, I really didn't see past what was on the outside. I only knew that I responded positively to what was on the inside and much more positively than any, air quotes again, man I had ever met. It was um, about, you know, it started very quickly in our relationship where I would, I would say something about guys and I would, you know, I'd turn to my mother or whoever I was talking to and I would say, oh, but Nick's not a man mm -hmm. because Nicky used to be known as Nick. Mm -hmm. Right? And I would say, oh, but, but Nick's not a guy. <laughs> so I was saying it from the, right from the get-go before I even realized what it was I was saying. And I knew that I was much more compatible with this person that I had met than I had ever been with anyone before. I just didn't realize why. Mm -hmm. And I also wasn't ready to move past um, a lot of small town misconceptions and uh, short-sightedness that I was, I was, I'm very embarrassed to say that I had um, a lot of preconceived notions about what gender should and shouldn't be. I, I can't imagine why you'd be embarrassed by that because this is how we're raised to have preconceived notions. So what was it like, the, the conversation uh, now, I guess it would have been about five or six years ago. So you guys had already been together for a while. There, there had actually been several conversations. Okay. Um, I had brought up my differences on multiple occasions, um, even before we were married, and certainly had dressed in my proper gender um, several times with her. But because of her particular perceptions, she couldn't accept that back then. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it was a matter of, I want her to be comfortable, um, I want, you know, I... From the moment I first laid eyes on her, going way back to the beginning of our relationship, I knew I was going to spend my life with this person. Isn't that romantic? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> that is such a girl Literally it was. Actually, <laughs> when I was introduced to her, it was, you know, in, in, at university, and it was in her dorm room, and a friend of hers that I had met about two weeks before um, said, oh, you have to go meet my friend Ursula. And we went up to her dorm room, and she opened the door, and my immediate thought was, I'm going to spend my life with this person. It I just really wanted to that. fuck her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was her. My first reaction. I had never had that reaction before about anybody in my life. And I was like, oh, I just want to sleep with this person a lot. <laughs> but So I, I, I had made plays along those lines of trying to show her who, who I was in, in its entirety, and she just wasn't at a point where she could accept it, mm -hmm. and I wasn't willing to push it to the point where it would cause her harm, mm -hmm. or right. us harm. Right. Um, you know, she may tell you that I'm relatively patient. Um, go ahead and ask that. <laughs> you are extremely patient. I quite clearly told her I wasn't ready for that. I, I had no problem with her doing it, but I wasn't ready to know more about it. And I, I, and she waited for me until I was ready to know more about it. And she waited what I think is an amazingly long time for somebody who's transgendered. She was extremely patient with me until I was ready to know more about it. Nice. And, and that was an amazing gift that she gave me. It was the most remarkable thing because when I realized how um, short-sighted I had been and how much I was trying to put her 
into a label, a male label, when I thought that I was so accepting of so many, you know, different people. I, I thought I was so accepting of the lesbian community and the gay community and yet a, woman, a man, what I thought was a man in a dress, made me extremely uncomfortable. And when I realized that it was my small town upbringing that was that was putting that thought in my head, I was furious. I was absolutely furious. I was like, why shouldn't a man wear a dress if they want to? I don't care what gender they perceive themselves to be on the inside. I'm allowed to wear pants. Mm -hmm. Like, why shouldn't they wear a dress, you know, if a man wants to? And what the hell is so wrong with what people are wearing on the outside? They're still amazing, wonderful people on the inside. And I have met the most amazing, wonderful people because I've allowed myself to be open to them. And it's just been a wonderful experience for me. So, Nikki, did you ever feel that there may be a decision point where I've either got to give up my desire to live as a woman or I've got to give up Ursula? Or were you just the rock of patience saying, it work itself out in time. Actually, um, I, I was pretty much the rock of patience. I, I, that's, just, that's just my wiring. I'm mm -hmm. not, um, you know, it served me well in many, many, many things. Um, but I, I had certainly already, I had already passed the point of being suicidal when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what stopped me from, from you know, committing suicide or going too far with was with that was um, one of those things. It's intelligence. Um, it's like okay, this is fucking stupid. Killing yourself. You you kind of saying okay, I'm I'm just going to throw away the rest of experiences, the rest of my life, and you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what the future is going to bring. It just would have been a waste. Mm -hmm. um, so I had passed that when I was a teenager. Um, I knew what I was by that point, but I didn't foresee whether or not I would ever be able to take it to the step to where I could be 100% of the time truly who I should be. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, you know, willing to put my, interestingly enough, I was willing to put that one piece of myself on hold as long as necessary because I had enough joy within this relationship that that was inside, that was enough. It wasn't perfect, but it was enough. And, mm -hmm. and okay. you know. Relationships are so rarely perfect, aren't they? Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm really glad that I was able to move past things and make this one more perfect. It's amazing what happened to actually change my mind. I actually oh. saw. Uh, Nikita, yeah, let, me, let me tell the story. Oh, yeah. She loves right. the story. <laughs> so, and, and it's interesting because you, you guys had actually done a, um, a podcast a, a ways back with um, uh, Eva Eames, uh, from, who's actually Calgary, mm -hmm. on Second Life. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've certainly been, been active in, in Second Life for, um, oh, geez, seven years now. And it and was for listeners who don't know. Give us the ten second overview of what Second Life Second Life is. is a virtual, an online virtual world where you create an avatar which represents yourself in it. You can think of it like World of Warcraft on steroids, in that you don't have to just go around killing people. There isn't missions to do. All the content is created by the people who are part of the world. Okay. Um, it, it's the uses for it are varied and many, and it crosses everything from education to sex and porn and BDSM. Okay. Um, lots of I, sex and porn and BDSM. There's lots like of fucking in Second Life. Like everything online, the porn industry gets in there first. <laughs> um, but I had actually looked into Second Life as a, as a marketing tool for various companies I've worked for. Um, but then had delved into it as a way to release that side of myself in a way that allowed me to be perceived by the people I would talk to in Second Life as being completely female. All they would see would be the female avatar, they would talk to me as if I was 
a woman without having the preconceived um, notion that, oh, I'm talking to a guy, right. which causes all sorts of sociological differences in how people behave towards sure. you. Um, so Second Life became an enormous outlet for me to relieve some of the stress of having to always be in drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she hadn't started participating in there really yet, but she would see me playing and, and in actively interacting in Second Life, and it wasn't seeing me as the female avatar in there that kind of clicked her over. It was seeing everybody treat me as a woman. So. Actually, I think it was more seeing you. Was it? Okay. Yes, I saw your I saw your avatar, and I saw how beautiful she was, and I was like, and I saw what because you can in Second Life you can create how you look, Mm -hmm. right, with clothes and body shape and and adjust it to how you want it, and I suddenly felt like I was looking at a piece of your soul. I felt like I was looking at you. And it was like a light bulb for me. It was completely like a light bulb. And it was like, oh, that's why you like to wear dresses and heels Hmm. and skirts. Oh, well, that's okay now. And then I realized what I had said. I was like, that's okay? And I was like, why wasn't it okay before? Am I really that prejudiced? And that's when I, that's when I, it was like a total, it was, like I felt like a switch had gone off in my head and I just had this light bulb of illumination that was like, oh my God, what have I been doing? What have I been thinking? Of course it's okay if she wants to wear a dress. But then, of course, I was ready for the information that yes, Nikki is a woman. And she has always been a woman on the inside. And this is why I get along with her so well in life. It's like, I have my best friend and my fuck partner all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ooh. I've been having it really good and I didn't even know it. <laughs> you know? So, so that kind of segues into the question I have for you then. Mm-hmm. Because you said that when you first met Nikki, that you just wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm. And now you're married to your fuck partner, yes. you know, best friend, fuck mm-hmm. partner. Well, now everything's getting ready to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting ready to have the surgery. Things are going to change. Yes. And, and my understanding is you're yes. currently, you guys do have an active sex life. That yes. your current physical gender is not a detriment to the sex life. No. And, and, and to be honest, I think, um, I think the fact that we're kinky actually is a huge part of that. The, the reason for that is I'm in the wrong body, this body part, I'm pointing at my genitalia if you want <laughs> um, is wrong. It is intrinsically wrong in my head, but it's very easy for me to see it as it's, it's a way to derive and give pleasure. It's no different than a dildo, except that it's built in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can take it with me and the cops don't pull you over for anything or stop you, you know. Batteries don't need to yeah, be no batteries. <laughs> um, you know, so absolutely we've had a, a, an active sex life and, and an active kink life. And I mean, you know, the very first night that we had sex, um, the only reason we stopped was, you know, back then we weren't fluid bonded yet. And, and so we were using condoms and uh, we ran out. <laughs> well, she only had, she only had seven in her room, and you know that night that just happened to be where where our limit had to be. And uh, this was in my dorm room in university, yeah, yeah, where so. you're not supposed to have <laughs> overnight guests. Overnight guests. Yeah, well, that's okay. Um, um, <laughs> but so I mean, you know, we've we've certainly been very active, and absolutely, you know, it, it's it's been. When we first started the active move to transition, once Ursula had her epiphany, her moment, and was able to take in the information and able to say, okay, what the hell do we need to do? What do we do? And I mean, that's what she did. She, I want she books. Turned, I want every book around. I could find. Well, and there's not book. many. What else do we need to do? Which doctors do we need to go to? Where's the support groups? Can we, you know, and she just really jumped onto this, like, you know, a, a freight train, you know, just barreling down. And, you know, and so we 
started getting through the hoops right away, mm -hmm. and and um, and we had you know we had got books as well, and you know we we had read those, and she had read several of them, and you know, and I jumped through some of the hoops, but it probably wasn't until because what ended up happening where we live here in in Alberta. Um, the government suddenly decided about the time when I would have been putting through my paperwork to get funded for surgery, they basically said, oh, we're not going to fund surgery anymore. You're on your own, pay the $22,000 if you want to, you know, hopefully have some. And, uh, and they stopped funding it, which kind of put a damper on our, our plans. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything else moved forward. We continued with all the other steps that I needed to do just to be healthy in, in how I wanted to live. but surgery kind of put, got put on the back burner and in fact we started looking at where can we move and how long do we have to live there to be able to get approved for funding Right. because yes. most of the other provinces, certainly all the western Canadian provinces and the central Canadian provinces still funded it. Um, so we could move to BC and according to BC regulations we'd have to be there for two years and then we'd be approved for funding and you know so those were the sorts of things we were examining at that point while continuing on the path. And so we certainly didn't look at how it was going to change our sex life in huge detail. We had discussed it, mm -hmm. right. but we hadn't really gone into great detail about it. And I don't think you had examined yourself as thoroughly yet. Um, well, how many it. years ago were you talking? I'm talking about 2009, so we're talking quite a while ago, because that's when they de delisted it. Yeah, we were really starting to get much more heavily into kink in the public yeah. back then, and that was sort of allowing me the opportunity to examine how I would feel and whether I had sexual attraction to women or not, which I had never even considered before. Right. And so the kink community really helped me with that because I was able to cozy up to all kinds of wonderful, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous men and women and, you know, decide if I had sexual attraction for, you know, and boobies and, and other body parts. <laughs> and I realized that I really, I really do. You know, I, I love a beautiful ass on a woman and I love boobies and, you know, and I'm really excited to be able to play with new genitalia because at this point in our lives we've been very monogamous mm -hmm. and we have um, thoughts about maybe adding more to our family, but um, certainly after her surgery for quite a while, it's going to be discovering her sexuality again mm -hmm. and how it's changed and what works for her and, and how it's different. And that's going to be me exploring a female genitalia, you know, which I haven't done in depth, you know, very much at all. In depth. In depth. Well, yes, I say in depth, exactly. You know, it's like, because it's like we have, it's like, you know, we've had play partners. Right. Right? But as far as really intimate sexual, you know, pairing, we've never had um, partners in that way. It would be something that we would both do together, mm -hmm. that we'd want to both do together as you know it's like oh let's have a threesome or let's have a foursome because we are so joined at the hip sometimes it's like we love to do everything together it's like we don't even want to go to separate classes because <laughs> we want to be able to turn to each other afterwards and say oh you remember when you know and mm -hmm. and oh, wasn't this a great thing they said and we want mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it because it fuels discussions for us for years and you know it's fabulous to be able to think that way and if she wasn't there she wouldn't have experienced it and so she wouldn't know and so yeah it's but I'm really looking forward to that and that's all going to be just exclusively with Nikki you know for a while and I I don't see any problem with that anymore, which is really nice. It's nice to realize my sexual attraction is on such a sliding scale. It sounds like you've already answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. I'll of ask course. you and then I'll and then I'll ask you, Nikki. Are you scared? I am scared because I don't trust doctors. I've had a medical condition all my life and I've not had really much luck dealing with doctors and I've had to go through a lot of tests 
and I spent a lot of time in hospitals when I was young, and it wasn't pleasant, and nothing ever came of those tests. Mm. Right? It's like I still have epilepsy, it's still uncontrolled, um, I take medication, and I have no idea if it really helps to control it a little bit or not. You know, it's like I hope that it does, but I really have no idea because um, they still can't tell me what causes it. So I have a, I am scared because of the whole hospital aspect. Mm -hmm. I have faith in the surgeon. I know that he's the best surgeon, well, obviously the best surgeon in Canada because he's the only one here, but um, he's one of the best in the world. Um, and Nikki has actually met the surgeon and she has a lot of confidence in him as well and that helps. Let me change, let me change the question a little. Are you scared about the impact it's going to have on the relationship that the two of you have? No. Okay. Nikki, are you not scared? At not, not at all. Not, not in that regard, no. Um, uh, I think that we're... You were. Of course I was frightened of it, but you know, that that, that was something that we had to, to discuss and, and examine and, and come to some sort of, of final understanding, at least as far as we could at this point. I mean, I'm, you know, backing up to the surgery side of things, I'm a little frightened of the surgery because it's not, it's not minor surgery, I'm under the right. knife for five hours and, and, but, you know, as she says, I have absolute faith in the surgeon. Um, it's not intrinsically changing who I am. All it is doing is taking a body part and altering it and increasing my boob size, but she likes that anyway. Um, <laughs> but it's not, it's not actually altering who I am in any way, shape or form. So psychologically, I'm the same person. Physically, I am the same person except for a minor change. It may be major surgery, but it is really a minor change. There are strap-ons, there are dildos, there are, you know, there are double dongs, there are every way, shape, and form. There's oral, you know, sex, and I mean, she certainly appreciates that. Um. She was scared at first because she knows how much enjoyment I, I do get from uh, man meat. Mm-hmm. Like, and, that, I, and that's my that's that was my question I, I as well. I do get a lot yeah. of enjoyment from it, you know, and that is something that we will look at adding into our lives, perhaps in the future. You know, and she was scared because she does know how much I love it. But it's not it that I love. Mm -hmm. I love her. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. I love being intimate with her. And I love our closeness and our ability to communicate. It's like that's what I love. You know, and I don't I don't care how it's done, you know. I can go, sometimes, if we're really crazy, and we have been with doctors sometimes, I can go months without intercourse. Mm -hmm. So long as we have enough cuddling and hugging and kissing, and because sometimes neither of us have the energy for it necessarily, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's, um, we're very, we're very close. People call us newlyweds a lot of the time still, because we still, we still kiss and we still hold hands, and you know, and she loves her cuddles. Mm -hmm. Like she's a big, she's a cuddly <laughs> bear. She's even more of a cuddler than I am, and so that is, you know, that is sexual intimacy as far as a connection for me, you know. And I love to play with her boobies. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it sounds like you guys have decided to treat this as an adventure. That's kind of like what I'm hearing here. You know, you've gone through the fear, which is absolutely understandable. You know, you've gone through the questions, you've, you, but you're still going forward and it's an adventure and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think life is an adventure, all of life, you know, and we should really enjoy the journey. She's always had, um, certainly all the years I've known her and, and certainly before that, she's always had an interesting perspective that perhaps the average person never really gets to, um, gets to appreciate in that with her epilepsy, she's come to the realization that if she has a seizure in the wrong place, she can be dead. That's it. She's done. It's, it's over. And so she's always known and always 
tried to live with this I appreciate the now for the now because mm -hmm. this this is the only moment I can be absolutely sure of this is all I have and mm -hmm. so this is just another step in that same road you know you appreciate the now and you just take the next day as it comes and you know and and it you know it, I certainly have a, a, a similar appreciation for it um, having been with her for as many years as I have and, and having gone through my own different types of psychological trials and and, and, and uh, troubles over the years but yeah absolutely it's an adventure and I think I think I think beyond looking forward to exploring it between the two of us mm -hmm. um, as she mentioned I mean I've got an entire new sexuality I have to explore I've got I've never masturbated as a woman <laughs> oh you're gonna like that <laughs> I know it's gonna be the same thing but, you're gonna like it yeah. <laughs> I've never done that um, and I've certainly never had vaginal penetrative intercourse mm-hmm I won't like say I haven't too. had I, I won't say I haven't had you know the other um, with various um, devices but but I've never and I've certainly never had um, that deep an intimacy with um, somebody who's actually male um, you know and it's certainly something that both of us have in in the back of our heads as being something down the road that very likely will be brought into our lives mm -hmm. for both of us not not just you know for her who loves her man meat already but <laughs> you know for 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 myself who may want to explore that particular pathway because it feels really good i just for clarity's sake are you saying man meat or dan meat <laughs> we'll talk about that later it's interchangeable yes. really oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> I have a physical logistical question. Sure. So, in, in your research and stuff, maybe you can tell me. So, your your genitals are going to be rearranged, uh -huh. right? So, you will now have female body parts. For I, the most I will, part, I will have a vagina. Okay. So, the labia, the outer labia, and the vaginal cavity, but obviously none of the reproductive organs. Right. Right. So, the clitoris. I mean, she do they have? have a Period. Oh, lucky. <laughs> so, so you're going to have like a clitoris. Yes. All right. They take they take the glands mm -hmm. from the basically the nerve center right of the the penis and they keep that intact and use that to form the clitoris and take okay. some of the flesh from around that to form a clitoral hood. Good. So you will be able to oh, enjoy absolutely. it like absolutely. a female. See, that's what I wonder. If I mean, you lose all that sensation, yeah. I have I have a friend. Uh huh. Um, who who's also a trans woman, she just actually completed her surgery in the middle of October, okay. of this, just this past year, and has only just now been at the point where she's been exploring uh, masturbation, Okay. and had very, very pleasurable sensations from her her created clitoris, Okay. Do you and know very different sensations than when it was an external organ, okay. much more internalized and right, right. So, so, do you know if orgasms are possible? Oh, absolutely. That way, they are fabulous. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. I'm good. <laughs> and we, we are actually, what we are actually planning on doing a ritual. Nice. That's because we're both pagan, and mm -hmm. that's very much a part of our lives. And so we were actually um, there's this bridge I know of that would be safe to throw off a lovely glass dildo. <laughs> and this will be our, our farewell ceremony, our farewell ritual to a body part that has brought us a lot of joy and is, is you know, is now outlived its usefulness, so to speak, <laughs> or, you know. Though, from the way you guys were talking to us, uh, what was, it, was it just yesterday or Friday or something, you, you plan on using that tool quite a bit the night before surgery? We do. Yes, yes. And we've had a wonderful time at Lupercalia using that tool as well. I was I was always quite I'm always quite glad to see that there's um packages of lube there because, you know, it's um very useful when you forget yours at home. <laughs> so one last thing. What would you like to uh, our goal is our desire is a year from now to sit with you again, either via 
in this hotel room or via Skype or some crazy thing like that and have a conversation with, well, how'd it go, right? What message will the current Nikki and Ursula like to send to the future Nikki and Ursula? Oh. Have fun and enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good message. Um, I, I think I think just remember it's an adventure and keep exploring. I mean, you know, and and I think one of the things I'm really curious to find out is is to see where the exploration goes. I want to see where the path is in a year. I want to know, you know. Um, did I get to a point yet where I had some dad meat or sorry? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, know, you know, or or you know, where where has our sexuality sexuality taken us at that point? Uh-huh. It'll be very it'll be very interesting to see that. Uh, it will be. It will be. Well, you'll have to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course. All right, got Nikki Ursula, thank you very much. Best of luck with your upcoming surgery and recovery, and I'm looking forward to being introduced to your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Go on, go on. <laughs> Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a $10 donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What a bargain. <laughs> Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bandwidth for Erotic Awakening is provided by... Hey, come on out to the floating... Uh, fuck, that's not New Jersey. Bandwidth for Erotic Awakening provided by The Floating World. Hey, shut up, I'm recording over here. Hey, come on over to The Floating World, the finest northeastern community group. It's fucking caught into a cockney accent there. <laughs> Bandwidth for Radical. So, New Jersey, New Jersey. Bandwidth for Radical Awakening is provided by The Floating World. Come over and meet the finest representatives of the northeast's finest community. Browse the fetish market for new groups. You're fucked. Fucked it. I fucked it all up. Bandwidth for Radical Awakening is provided by The Floating World. Come over and join the Northeast's finest community groups. And also you can jump. Oh, there goes that corny accent again. Hey, you bums. <clears throat> Radical Awakening is provided Erotic Awakening. Adrian. Erotic Awakening's. Hey, there you go. You just got to hold my mouth like this. <laughs>